Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I am Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith coming off a 31-nothing not a whiteout, a whitewash, Dusty, Ooh. of those pesky Hawkeyes from Iowa. It got a little personal, but uh, the Nittany Lions, oh, what was it, 110,000 people there to see it. The rain didn't dampen the enthusiasm. Dusty, could it have gone any better? I can't think of many ways. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you can say, hey, I wish... A big, a big running play broke out, or I wish Nick Singleton would have kind of gotten on track. I mean, there are always little things you can say, but in totality, you know, if, if you as a Penn State fan are sitting here today and your team just held Iowa to 76 yards, uh, any discussion about breaking up nepotism and at Iowa between Kirk and Brian Ferentz, I mean, your team just accelerated a lot of things there. So if you wish all the confusing and torturous times upon the Iowa fans who were, and I thought a few times Saturday night about uh, the gentleman who was holding his shoulder and grimacing, that, that guy who was the face of the 2021 injury gate game, I thought about what that gentleman was thinking as he was watching what was unfolding on, on Saturday night. And I, you get a nice smile on your face that karma came back around because Penn state handed it to Iowa in every possible way, just laid them out and made them look impotent in this game. And what better way to, to, to get beyond two years ago than that type of performance uh, at Beaver Stadium to make it look like Iowa belonged, you know, in in Division Two instead of being on the same field as Penn State. I'm sure there were a lot of those 110,830. Don't leave out the 830, Jim, who took in this game. Uh, I'm sure there were quite a few of them who were were really getting a little extra satisfaction out of that. And Dusty, if that wasn't enough satisfaction. Just a little piece of advice to Nittany Lion fans out there. Go out and look for some Iowa Hawkeye message boards, websites. Have yourself some fun. Stretch this out. (laughs) Okay? Stretch it out to watch the or read the angst that is going on over there with Iowa with the coaching staff, with the offense, with Cade McNamara, with the whole bunch of them. And you will enjoy this whole weekend even more. Stretch it out through the week. Trust me on that Savor one. Savor it. It's enjoyable. Yes. Turn us off. You don't need to hear us. Go go no, listen no, no. to that stuff. You, you can do both. So let's just be clear <laughs> about that. You can do both. Uh, I had I had to pour one out for for my guy Dave Jones from Penn Live who um, picked Penn State to go eleven and one in the preseason. I believe the loss he he picked was to Michigan uh, in the second half of the year. But flipped the script in the in the first uh, quarter of the season here and picked an Iowa win uh, against uh, against everybody else. And sometimes I feel like 
The point spread says something for a reason. And sometimes I feel like there's no shift in that point spread, probably for a pretty good reason. I mean, that, that Iowa team was not equipped for what they ran into Saturday night. And I feel like, I don't think it matters when these guys would play again. I feel like the same thing or something similar would happen. It was thorough. Dave, I'll tell you what. You missed it by that much only. I, I, I texted him. I will win was that close. I texted Dave in the fourth quarter. I said, relax, Dave. I think Iowa still has him exactly where they want him. And he just texted me back. He said, this is, this is gruesome. And I think we, I think he, I don't know if he was referring to his projection or what he was seeing or both, but I took it as both. I yeah let's let's go with both all right Dusty let's let's talk about the actual game a bit give me your big thoughts your overview uh well the first I mean we, the first thing I can't think of a, a bigger ass kicking and I and I'm sorry to say that on air but I don't know if there's a another way to put it you know that that was a straight up ass kicking, and I love all the. There are so many numbers, and I put them in my notes for you, Jay. We can share whatever we want. There are so many fun numbers from this game, but just the basics: three hundred ninety-seven to seventy-six in yards, ninety-seven plays to thirty-three, twenty-seven first downs to four, including about a three-quarter gap <laughs> between first downs for Iowa. Time of possession, and James Franklin said, I don't know if I've ever seen this before, 45 minutes and 27 seconds. I mean, this was as thorough as you can get. Um, and I wanted, I, I mentioned this earlier, but I wanted to, and I, I'm assuming you're Sweet Jim this week, but I'm assuming Sweet Jim would have a take on, with the 2021 thing in mind, how are you watching all of this unfold? And just, just Iowa squirming under, <laughs> yeah, no, with with Penn State on their neck all night. Well, it, it is sweet, Jim. It's not salty, Jim. Uh, this week after that performance, that's true. But just because I don't want to let people down, a little bit later we'll hit salty, Jim. Just a couple, oh, good, little, a couple yeah, yeah. minor things, Dusty. But you know, I will dig deep to find those things, and. The, you pointed out some of the numbers. My take on that is, and you touched on it a little bit, the fact is through three quarters, while it was still Penn State playing with their first unit, there were two first downs. And they happened within the first five minutes of the game. So that gap you talked about was almost three quarters worth of play in that it's amazing that span it was so the first five minutes i was first two drives they had their first drive they had a first down second drive they had a first down and then the fumble by the tight end then three and out three and out three and out three and out halftime first drive of the second half three and out they finally they finally put an end to the streak of three and outs dusty by fumbling on first down. They had to do something to break the cycle. It's uncon- it was unconventional, granted, but they had to do something to break that that cycle. Yeah, this was I mean, Iowa couldn't get it couldn't do anything. They didn't have an answer for anything. They were losing one-on-one matchups pretty much across the board and they were lopsided. You know, Chop Robinson against whoever he was lining up against, it didn't matter if it was a guard, left side, right side, it didn't matter. That was lopsided. 
So that was across the board. And this, and this is, I'm going to just kind of go through this kind of points to one of my big points from the game is that this Penn State defense, like I feel like they can do that against a lot of teams. You know, though this this version of Ohio State that we've seen so far, I think they can they can come up with something similar and make similar plays against them. Michigan will be the the interesting challenge as they always are. We talked about how unique they are. They're you know they're they're kind of uniquely equipped to not be that uh, affected by pass rushers because they don't necessarily have to pass it that much. So Penn State number one in the nation in total defense at this point. Number one in pass defense, number one in pass efficiency defense, number one turnover margin in the country, number four scoring defense at less than is like eight point eight points a game or something like that. So I think for the most part, that's that stuff is for real. Uh, obviously, there will be bigger challenges, but I think this de- defensive unit—it's just hard. If you've got the two lockdown corners, three lockdown corners, really. If you've got the edge rushers who who win so often up front, if you've got the guy pulling the strings who can put all these guys in places that make it horribly difficult to to mess with them, uh, it's just a lot, you know. And that's not even getting into. I think KJ Winston continuing to improve the linebackers. Uh, so this is a, a defense that throws a lot at you uh, and can win a lot of ways. The offensive formula, I'm, I'm curious to see how this develops over time because it was just slow, steady, patient, on schedule. Don't really get into the confusing stuff that Iowa throws at you uh, with their secondary, with, with their, you know, with Phil Parker, their defensive coordinator. And if you're able to execute that, which I think Penn State is, is interestingly able to execute that stuff because Drew Aller is so automatic on such a wide range of throws. Wherever the free yards are, he's able to cash them in. So I think they're going to add some big play to it as they go. But if they're able to, to do this now and, and put together methodical drives, it really bodes well, I think, for later in the year when things get hard. They're used to marching and they're used to sustaining and staying on schedule. And then, um, as I mentioned with the defense, just they've got they can scheme up pressure if Manny Diaz wants. Like I, there, there were certain times, like if there was third and eight, third and seven, third and nine, and I see Cade McNamara approaching the line and that Prowler package is on the field and there's three or four guys standing up. You don't know who's coming, who's dropping back, where the pressure is coming from. I really felt sorry for him in some of those moments because that's just not fair. Well, a, a couple of things, Dusty. Uh, first of all, one additional number you get. That third quarter, Iowa ran four plays. <laughs> four plays in an entire quarter. Four. Yeah. And, and that coincided with Penn State having back-to-back drives of 12 plays and 15 plays for touchdowns. And then I don't know the next drive where the cutoff was at the end of the quarter uh, where they had even more plays. So it was better than 27-4 to four in yeah. terms of numbers and plays. Crazy. That's for one more number. And it's interesting. I want to throw a theory at you. You're talking about the Penn State offense. And it, how methodical it was. It was like, we're telling you we're going to run the ball. We're going to do it anyway. We're going to pound away. We're not going to have explosive running plays, apparently. But we're going to keep running it. And, oh, by the way, if we need to pass it, we've probably got one of the best guys in the country to do it when we're forcing to doing that. What's that not Iowa's dream offense? Yeah, but due to a lack of personnel – and a lack of coaching, they haven't been able to do it. Um, but yeah, I, it's I don't even know if it's like we're going to pass if we have to. It's like we're not going to 
push anything that doesn't need to be pushed. We're going to be so efficient and stay on schedule. And Drew Aller is just going to, if you're going to give him seven yards on the sideline, he's going to take him. If you're going to give him seven yards in the middle of the field, he's going to find it. He's going to take that. Uh, if you're able to actually execute that on the ground and through the air, then it's really a hard thing to stop because there's, there's only so much you can do and so much field you can defend. If Penn State's taking everything you're giving it to them and they're staying in a rhythm, what are you supposed to do? As we approach the end of the segment, real quick, I think the situation was, Dusty, they were just going to pound away and pound away until, oops, Iowa wanted to play a bend, bend, not break. Force you to go 75 yards, Dusty. We don't think you could do it. And when they came up, an opportunity to stop Penn State, oh, yeah, we got this guy with so much arm talent. On fourth down, he'll zip a pass to his tight end in the end zone. Boom. Touchdown. Dusty, there's so much more to talk about. We will pick it right back up in quarter number two. Stay with us. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. We're talking about the Penn State big whiteout win over Iowa, 31-0. It's a fun Fun game to talk about, Dusty, from the Penn State perspective. And when we end, uh-oh, is baby Charlotte making an appearance on the show? Oh, yeah, she's not holding back. She's being she's being pretty aggressive about it. She's t- she's like three rooms over. Uh, it sounds like she's as excited about that win as I am. Oh, it's great to be me sometimes, Jim, with, uh, with, with this background noise most of the day. Uh, a woman screaming at you, Dusty. I'm <laughs> exactly. sure that is no... No unusual occurrence. But anyway, (laughs) when when we wrapped up quarter number one, we were talking about Penn State's offense, and I don't think any of us pictured this coming into the season, which is methodical running game and Drew Aller with that big arm. Instead of beating teams over the top with it, he is just 
he's killing them with a thousand paper cuts. Yeah, it's it's a real slice and dice thing. And, you know, through four games, he has been so um, accurate and so good with identifying <clears throat> wherever that quick target's going to be, if that's where the quick target, if that's what they're they're trying to do. And I, I, I really, I like to try to get into the mind of James Franklin uh, on, on some of these things. And I, and I think there's some satisfaction there if he's able to, to like say, okay, we're going to play your game, Iowa or defensively, we're, we're going to play your game with our offense and we're going to beat you at that game. I think there was some satisfaction for him in being able to, to do that and, and going right into the teeth of what Iowa likes to do and, and just taking only what they're giving them and, and beating them that way. Um, the one point I, I wanted to make, we closed quarter one just talking about slow, methodical drives and and long drives and 12 plays and 14 plays uh, and how they were able to do that so efficiently Saturday night. And I think one of the things that that is encouraging about that approach is that a lot of times teams that are doing that are doing that because they don't have a choice the other way around. They don't have the big play dynamic in in one or a number of ways, a lot of times it's just don't have the quarterback who can make throws down the field. I think Penn State has that. I think they're what they're doing through four weeks. And um, I think that they, they kind of did that to an extent against Delaware. I think they did that against Illinois. They had some challenges there. They didn't really worry about pushing the ball down the field. They're doing it because I think they're very hyper aware of ball security at this point in time. I think they know and they've seen enough from their offense to, to say that we'd rather err on the slot side of slow and steady and, and extending drives because we've been very good in that department just so we don't expose our quarterback and expose our offense to, to game-changing plays. There's no need for it. The way the defense is playing, there's just no need for that. And there wasn't any need against Iowa. But I think what what separates this Penn State offense when you get into that situation is that Drew Aller can be so extremely fine in the red zone that we saw. You know, he threw for a buck 66, but four touchdown passes. If your quarterback is able to find those tight spaces, and it's the challenge whenever you have drives like that. You see a lot of teams that are able to drive between the 20s, but being able to finish requires something bigger, something better than being able to take three, four yards at a time. That's Drew Aller making those pinpoint throws the way that he did in these situations. The the throw to the back left corner for Conjure Lambert Smith lofted up just exactly where it needed to be. Uh, the the hard throw between two defenders to Tyler Warren, you know, there were some pro caliber throws. And if you're able to be methodical and then say, hey, Drew Aller, go make us an NFL throw to, to finish this drive. And he's been able to do that. That's a really tough combination because a lot of times teams that drive the way they, they do like this way have a hard time finishing them because that formula doesn't work when the, when the field gets tight. It worked for Penn State when the field got tight because the quarterback is able to make these fine throws. And Dusty, you make good points there. And it also helps, it alleviates that issue of running up against that defense that says, Ben, Ben, don't break. And Iowa, playing that zone defense, they weren't going to let you get behind them, beyond them. They wanted to keep everything in front of them and hope you make the mistake which causes a turnover or just the mistake that you saw, kind of mistakes you saw early against Illinois last week when a penalty puts you off track or, you know, just a drop pass, which again, we saw last week against Illinois. But if you don't get those unforced errors, if the offense 
is playing a precise game like Penn State did here. And the running backs, I wanted to make the point there, Dusty, that even though you didn't, again, you didn't have a 20-yard run from either Singleton or Allen, it still looked to me like they were maxing out each run. I am I am so not concerned about the fact that they haven't had that huge run because I think it will happen. I'm not sure when, but I, I'm convinced it will. And I think it's going to be the defense. Finally, somebody says, hey, wait a minute. We can't sit back and say we're going to take away the, pa- the deep pass from this strong-armed quarterback. They're just going to kill us with these long marches. Now we're going to have to start taking some chances on defense. And that's when I think you'll start to see it uh, passes over the top and a running back breaking one. But until then, if you're just so good at marching down the field, I have no problem with that, Dusty. And that's a great experience for an offense. You know, you're going to be asked to do this sometimes. You're going to be asked to, you know, the, the conditions are tight. And Iowa just makes it so the conditions are always tight. They're not really there. There's nothing even close to free beyond like seven yards down the field. But, you know, if, if you're saying, you know, you're going to have to do it the hard way and you're and the other team does it. What do you even you just got to throw your hands up and, you know, say good, good job. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, and what I'm really interested to see is that as you presumably get into um, some big plays happening more frequently, uh, how's it going to get set up? Is it going to be the pass that makes the run possible or the run that makes the pass possible? Uh, I could see I could see it going either way. You know, it's it's hard to imagine, you know, Nick Singleton getting however many touches he's gotten through four weeks and to not have, you know, a big run yet. It's going to happen. Um, and then I think similarly, like beyond the, the West Virginia game, they haven't done a whole lot of attacking down the field. Uh, and I think they're capable of doing that. These wrinkles and these developments are going to come. And I think Penn State's going to have this in their back pocket when they need a drive when you're, and here's a good example. I mean, with Ohio state coming up in, in a couple, uh, in a few weeks, uh, when you're leading Ohio state in the fourth quarter and you need a drive. You need a drive that at least gets three or four first downs to to you know make sure you flip field position or or kill amount of clock or whatever. Penn State has the has the the pieces now, I think, to get those drives going. And we haven't even gotten into yet uh, the the quarterback sneak that we saw Saturday night again and again and again. Now you're saying, okay, if you're automatic on a lot of throws close to the line of scrimmage, even the ones, you know, to the across the other hashes to the sideline, and you're good for a yard and a half anytime you need it. I mean, that is a hard offense to stop. It is. Well, let's talk about that uh, quarterback sneak again, Dusty. You've got a quarterback who is probably bigger than every player on the defense except the defensive tackles, and he's comparable in size to your defensive ends, and he's bigger than everybody else. Plus, you have you know a tight end behind him pushing him. How do you, We see it with the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL. It's pretty hard to stop that. And, and again, by the way, Jalen Hurts, a very strong guy, is part of that, how that works, and why I think it works for Penn State also. Yeah, it's 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 the new age of of quarterback sneak. You know, the the Eagles are doing it in a way that they're t- the you know the, the rest of the league is saying we got to figure out a way to make this illegal. Well, it's not. So Penn State's doing their version of it, which 
you know, you get you get those those guys up front. You get uh, a little bit of a push. There's going to be a crack somewhere. You got a guy who's 6'4", 240, and then you got another guy who's 6'5", 250 behind him pushing. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do in that situation. The the pile just moves because they're uh, physics, basic physics. So, uh, so yeah, that that's encouraging. And and for Penn State to get to a place where it was like, I don't know, was it two years ago that there still wasn't any under center stuff because there just wasn't enough time to really get into that to now last season, we saw some under center stuff to now being like, okay, Penn state's kind of dominant under under center uh, in in this situation. That's quite an evolution in two years. And dusty, I think what you're going to see or what has been the tendency over the last couple of years is as they start to do something, the next game, they do something more off of it. You know something's coming where they're not going to quarterback sneak from that formation. What I also thought was interesting was another time that they have fourth down and short, I don't even think it was quite two yards, it was a yard and a half or a yard, is when Drew Aller threw the first touchdown to Tyler, or I'm sorry, to Dinkins. But here you have this relatively new starting quarterback. You have enough confidence in him on a fourth down where it would be a chip shot field goal. You know what? Hey, I'm going to let him throw the ball into the end zone. Although, I, by the way, I don't think that was his first look. That was this, at least the second or perhaps the third look. And he threw that with so much confidence that any of this thought that, oh, he, this – this quarterback is afraid to use his arm. Uh, he's only going to do the, what did the, the color guy call it, a check down Charlie. No, if it's there, he'll take it. And oh, by the way, he's got the arm to do it. Oh, and there's so much film of him just taking the, the thing that's available that, you know, when, when, when they decide as, as a, as a team, as a coaching staff, as an offense to, to start letting it rip in some of those situations, that's going to be a fun time. But, um, but yeah, I think why wouldn't you trust Drew Aller? You know, everything we we've thought him to be when it came to the composure and the poise and the arm talent and all, it's all been true. And he's a a pretty rare guy and being a, a, a first year starter, <clears throat> really playing the most, the only, the meaningful, meaningful snaps for the first time uh, to not be always wanting more, you know, that you're not convincing Drew Aller to, to take the, the more sure thing. Like, I think he's been maybe on erring on the side of conservative and that's where Penn state's been going. It's working out great for him though anyway, but, uh, but really just managing the game super well and not, not doing, not trying to do too much because they haven't had to yet. That's a pretty good mature, approach to it as he's learning because keep in mind he's still learning and it's setting up probably for something bigger down the road here Uh, no doubt and I'll throw in real quick the other thing that I like the first time I think all year where in that read option he pulled the ball out of the running back's gut and ran it himself for a first down it's on film now it's on film (laughs) I'd like I'd like to see him do that more often Dusty all right that's it for quarter two Quarter three is coming up. I may even throw in some salty gym then. Stay tuned.
Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. Dusty, want to have some fun? I always do. And I... and. You're setting this up. I already know the setup. You're setting it up for others, but uh, yes, let's let's do it. Okay. You know what? Let's throw our colleague Andy Shea under the bus. It's been a while since we've done that, but I'd like to do it. Um, as some of you may already know, we, Andy and I, whenever Penn State plays, we start a texting conversation. It happens for every game. And in fact, on Saturday, we were texting all day about some other games and stuff, but it gets intense when we talk Penn State. And Andy, he, basically, he's the king of overreaction to things he saw. So the start of this game, you know, Iowa, they got a first down in their first possession. They pinned Penn State back. I, I think um, uh, Sanders made a mistake fielding the punt at the five-yard line. Uh, Penn State, the first two plays, they lost yardage. They were actually down in the at the one-yard line, maybe even inside the one. And Andy's take on it, which I'm sure you will want to hear, is this. Jim, this anemic offense won't be able to win this game, I feel. And I said, well, you can't start from the five. It's a little tough from there. His response was, that won't matter. This anemic offense is built for Iowa's defense to shut him down with ease. Like David Jones, I think he might want to take it back. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and football is great with this. The football is, as I think, the king of snapshot judgment sports. You know, whatever is happening in, 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 in real time and current is going to continue for four quarters, is going to continue for 60 minutes. It's either over right now in, in one way or the other. Um, I love the, and so many fans just have that inherent 
pessimism. Um, what I would like to respond with is what is this is a direct line from Penn State's post game notes that I, that I liked, and they mentioned it on the broadcast. Uh, Penn State now has thirty plus points in eleven straight games, the longest streak in the nation. It doesn't seem that anemic to me. <laughs> plus, what is that's that not streak? an anemic stat off uh, an anemic offense stat right there. And what is the streak for number quarters in a row where they've scored also? Yeah, it's like 28 quarters or something like that. Um, yeah, 28, 28 straight quarters. Yeah, longest active streak in the nation. That's another one of the the little the little factoids. There's so many factoids that came out of this game. Um, but yeah, th- those are not... I think sometimes when you're so close to it, uh, you... You, you kind of don't see the the forest for the trees. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I don't know if I would have been able to recite that they, you know, it's been 11 straight games, you know, almost a full season's worth of 30 plus point games. But I do feel like, you know, the back half of last season and, and the, the first half so far is like, yeah, I mean, you're not talking about explosive plays, but they have marched, you know, in three straight games, they have marched against Illinois. They, they marched. You know, didn't have a rhythm, didn't have a lot of things going for him against Illinois, and still scored 30 points. I know five takeaways will, will help, but you know, the, the fact of the matter is this offense doesn't go three and out very often. Uh they they are great at staying on schedule. The running backs are great at picking up positive yardage. Uh they make the most out of what they got. The quarterback is very, very accurate in the short portion of the field, can go to any sideline. I mean, they just have the tools to be able to keep moving it. I wouldn't have used the term anemic at any point this year to describe the offense room to grow. Absolutely. Uh, coming off their worst performance of the year against Illinois. Yeah. You know, it's all relative, I guess, but I mean, the fact of the matter is they are scoring points. They're moving the ball. They're getting drives going, even when they're not at their best, they're doing some of these things. So yeah, I mean, they got pinned early. It felt like a continuation of 2021 when Taquan Roberson couldn't get a first down for his life to get out of his own end zone. You know, they may, maybe it brought back memories of that for, for Andy and he, he projected upon this team, but this team's not that one, you know, that this team and, and, and there's, there's no take one Roberson there. And I, I don't want to keep picking on him, but there's no backup wide-eyed quarterback in there. You've got a good quarterback who stays composed and has been through some of these situations and reacted positively where he's not losing his mind. Uh, so yeah, I didn't think it was an anemic, an anemic offense. I also didn't think, you know, that, that early game, you know, I I didn't think any of that was going to continue. I didn't assume it was going to continue. And there's also the case where they're scoring those 30 points and they're, they're covering the spread. And I bring that up, not just to cater to the degenerates who are watching and welcome, welcome everyone. Oh. Or 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 present company. Um, I I, I, only... I hope you're I hope you're working through your cold sweats uh, well right now. I hope it's I hope I hope you're doing all right. Well, actually, I'm doing very well, Dusty, because I bet them to cover the spread. Which, by the way, every game this year they have covered the spread. Not only they, that, they've covered they've covered go, uh, they've covered like. They're like 10-0-1 or something like that against the spread in their last 11. Sorry if I, if I stole your thunder there. You did, because if you're hitting <laughs> on the point I wanted to make. Besides which, uh, just to throw in one other one, the over-under on Penn State themselves scoring was 26.5 points. Yeah. So 
that 30-point mark I was confident in. And by the way, you know, when they had the chip shot field goal to get them to 27 and that was blocked, I'm like thinking to myself, oh, man. It's over. (laughs) These special teams are anemic. It's over. (laughs) It's the special teams that's going to take it to Jim. Well, no, you know, phew, penalty. Okay, they get the ball back and score a touchdown. So we won. I, I, by the way, I, I know this. Is, I laughed out loud at that moment, and I explained the situation to Liz. You know, I'm like, "Hey, listen to this," and I kind of spelled out like 2021 and how everything was going horribly wrong. It's like, "Hey, so they got they got something good to happen." Oh, wait, just a second. We're gonna get, we're gonna score a touchdown instead. Like that whole sequence. You know, it, it was just very comical to me. It, it, it was. It was. But but. To the valid point I'm trying to make is <laughs> this season and this season's streak, you're talking about those 30 points going back to last year. I believe this team this year began last year with the way they finished the season. You could see the defense coming together with what they were doing, Dusty, and they were doing enough to get the ball over to Penn, to the offense that it's not just about offensive efficiency to sound like James Franklin, it's complimentary football. When you're doing, you know, five straight three and outs for the opponent, you're giving your offense a lot of, you know, chances at this. And the other part to this, which I think started last year, and partly why I think some fans were disappointed early this season, is last year the defense was taking over games They were dominating the opposing team, and there literally seemed to be a point where you could say, aha, there it is, they're in the quarterback's head. And you could go back and watch the game against Maryland, watch the game against Utah, and I'm saying that point that happened to um, Cade McNamara was the first drive of the second half on third down when he had third down in whatever, seven or so, and he dropped the snap. And I'm sure it was because he was looking at what was coming and his mind was elsewhere. They got into his head and it felt like this was the first time Penn State's defense just completely got into the head of the quarter, the opposing quarterback. And I took a long time to get there, Dusty, but that was my point. Well, you took you took a long time to get there because I inject, interjected time after time after time. So it's not all your fault there. Um, but getting into the quarterback's head is a Penn state defense specialty, you know, one way or another, you're going to get there. And I don't care who you are. If you're knocked down, if you're pressured, you're going to start feeling that it's going to at least speed up your clock. And that's one of the ways that like the, the pass rush. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to produce numbers. It's going to be produce hurries and, and sacks, you know, opt ideally, but you know, when you're affecting the quarterback, on way more snaps than you're not, on way more passing snaps than you're not, that is a sign of a potentially dominant defense. And they are affecting the quarterback in really unique ways. Again, sending cornerbacks, sending safeties from straight ahead, from the side, uh, moving, as we saw in this one, the cheetah package, Chop Robinson on a guard. Like, bless your heart, guard. There, you know, because, and James Franklin, this was really interesting after the game talking about that, you know, chop the fact that chop Robinson can win with power so much 
makes him that that matchup guy on a on a guard because he can win with power and he's certainly going to win with quickness uh, by a landslide as we saw. Uh, so yeah, they're they're they've been speeding up the quarterback all year long, and they're they're getting to a point now. Uh, and I think the tide's turning a little bit where they're now beating up the quarterback too. knockdowns, uh, hurries, hits in the face. And, and Cade McNamara has played a bunch of football in the big 10. He's got a lot of experience. Even he was affected by that in a pretty profound way. You're not going to see things the same when you're, when you're expecting pressure all the time and you're getting it all the time. This, this pass rush ha- has the ability to, to do that. And uh, you're, you're starting to see it affect things in a more tangible way now, but I think it's been pretty present all along, just like West Virginia wasn't the team to, to really let that out. They were going to do everything they could to avoid that situation. Iowa could not avoid it at all. And if, if they're down 17, nothing in, in the third quarter, Cade McNamara has got no shot against this defense with that crowd behind him. And I also, I, and I'm sure this is not an original thought, Dusty. I'm sure a lot of other people had this thought going through their head. But when they pulled Kate, Kate McNamara and put in the backup quarterback, I just pictured that conversation on the sideline where the coaches go to the backup quarterback. Okay, son, it's your turn. And I, if I'm that quarterback, I just say, that's okay. I'm good. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remind, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Necessary Roughness, but the backup quarterback goes of the game goes in the game and he runs behind the referee and he's he's going, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. That's what I think. That's what I would do in that situation. I can tell you that. Well, you know, it's like I, I, I think Kay McNamara, you know, reached a point where he had enough. And if I'm the backup quarterback, I have would have had no enthusiasm in going out there because Penn State's defense just took over. And as I said earlier, I think that's a carryover from last season. You could see that they were having that effect second half of last year. No doubt. This was the epitome of it, Dusty. And if people were concerned about the defensive ends coming up with big gains, well, there you go. All right, that's it for quarter number three. We still got one more quarter to go. Please stick around for that. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. 
truststatecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It's quarter number four. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. And Dusty, we were having too much fun in quarter number three. Now it's time to put on your game face. Get serious again. Let's talk some actual football. Let's get to it. I want to bring up a couple individual things, and I know you did too. Uh, First off, one of the things, a little bug up my butt for this season, has been how often they give the ball to the running back in those zone reads where the quarterback has the option of pulling the ball out and running it. I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they did it at all the first three games. I don't think so. Uh, I think we've seen that they're that they're not necessarily shy about that. Uh, you don't want Drew Aller on a lot of design runs, but I think he's proven through four weeks that he's he's a capable ball carrier, which I think that's what you're getting to here. I am, and they did it one time, and he got a first down. So I want to see more of that, Dusty. Yeah, and I I think um just the idea of having your 6'4", 240-pound quarterback who, by the way, if you are designing a run of any kind, um, you know, the quarterback is always at a mathematical advantage relative like what an, uh, a running back would be because you've got some blo- additional blocking. Uh, anytime you're, you're, you're running that guy, you're probably going to be good for at least a couple yards as we've seen on, on the sneak situation. And if he's isolated like in the play that happened with the zone read, it's often he could get outside and he's up against the defensive back. Well, guess who's the bigger guy? The quarterback in this situation. So, you know, if I'm 5'10", 180, and I've got 6'4", 240 coming at me, Dusty, I have second thoughts about how much I want to stick my nose in there. Well, and hypothetically, if you're 5'10", 180, you're a foot taller than you are in real life. So um, this hypothetical is not a bad thing for you. Hey, if you can't, <laughs> if you, if you can't dream, Dusty, yeah. what's the use? In yeah, yeah. But so I, I found that interesting. And they he just pulled it the one time. And like I said, it was effective. The other thing I wanted to ask you about on offense, now I got to get rapid fire to all these points is about the receivers, and I'm using that generically because wide receivers and tight ends, they made great use of the tight ends, all three of them in this game, which was nice to see, but it makes you wonder at wide receiver, just where are they at? I'm still of the feeling, Dusty, that they Trey Wallace played, but not very much. They really miss him and possibly even Omari Evans. Yeah, I mean, Amari Evans has been, I forget what James Franklin, you know, bumps and bruises for whatever, for the whole year for him so far. Um, you know, you have Malik McLean really flash in week one, hasn't really looked like the same guy in the three weeks since. Uh, Dante Cephas got the start uh, in this game, and I think there might be some significance there to, to making a choice about who they believe can be the best for that role going forward. Maybe you're starting to see some development. Maybe there's separation happening behind the scenes. Maybe he's 
taken some big steps forward in terms of learning the offense, whatever might be going on. Maybe I'm looking too much into that. Uh, you know, to they, they do miss Harrison Wallace. And I think you've, you know, what looked like early in the year, right off the bat, like we were starting to get some real clarity uh, with, with the, the wide receiver depth. I think we we've lost that now. Uh, I don't, I don't know where things stand exactly, but I think maybe the, the fact that Sifa started on Saturday was, uh, a good indication of him coming along or whatever, but they do miss Trey Wallace. Uh, there's not a lot of, of proven depth when it comes to being a, a reliable pass catcher. I think they've, they've really just had the two so far. DeAndre Lambert-Smith, Harrison Wallace. Everybody else has flashed, and I think it's a continuation of, of training camp that the flashes have not added up to consistent performance, just like in camp. I think there's still some of that going on and still being sorted out, but that's something to keep in mind. I mean, that, as, as you look at this game and what an incredibly difficult, you know, a dominant performance usually has, you know, four shows worth of, of talking points that you can get to this show, you know, the, this particular game, because Iowa barely did anything on the <laughs> offensive side of the ball. I felt like Penn state ran 33 plays on one drive at one point. Iowa did that the entire game. Uh, you know, Penn State's defense was so dominant, but it was just in such a short dose. It was in a lunch size portion uh, in, in this one um, that, that it's hard to really get into. Like, obviously what you saw, uh, sacks and takeaways, all that, that was, it was great stuff. But uh, but yeah, the, I think the, the the third wide receiver is one of the things that you can watch, you know, through the through that lens of, OK, do they have championship caliber um, options for for Drew Aller? And I don't know. I mean, maybe this, the tight ends are, are real good substitutes for having that. We thought that they might, um, but Tyler Warren brings a certain something in, in the passing game that Theo Johnson doesn't. Theo Johnson brings something that Tyler Warren doesn't. And, and you know, Khalil Dinkins looked pretty good getting off the line, getting through the, the Iowa defensive backfield and, and finding an opening on that touchdown catch. So the tight ends can maybe be a worthwhile substitute for having a viable number three. Yes, and there was no doubt they were able to do that. And credit Mike Yursich for for adjusting. I talked about that, you know, all last season. Hey, I've got three good tight ends and two good running backs. Let me find a formation where I could get them all in there. And that seems to have carried forward. And especially in this game where if he's grasping for a second or third or fourth wide receiver, well, gee, maybe I could just use multiple tight ends instead. Uh, credit to Mike Yersich for that. Yeah, and you know what? If you want to look for established, reliable, trustworthy guys who have the quarterback confidence, I mean, Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren should be pretty high on that list. And so now that they have been over the past three weeks, but three touchdowns between those guys, uh, you know, is is definitely something something to build off of. And you know, if if Penn State had six guys that they routinely targeted in, in the wide receiver group. And then you're trying to squeeze in. There's not enough ball to go around right now. I think there's a there, there's a pretty good ratio of of adequate pass catchers and ball to go around. And Dusty, I also wanted to ask you about um, the running game a bit. We know they have, a, especially Nick Singleton, who we look to for those uh, breakaway runs. That hasn't happened. I was intrigued by this. I thought it felt like during that game that Catron Allen was getting like 75% of the carries or 80% of the carries. And it wasn't until I looked at the stats post game 
it was 21 carries for Allen and 17 for Singleton. Did you feel the same thing as me? It looked like they were leaning more to Catron Allen in this game. It it, it did, and I it, I think it's just kind of played out that that the game with a, a you know tight spacing, uh, the guy who's got a little bit more of that slippery feel to him uh, is finding a little bit more success. And I think probably there's there's something there's a, a common thread through a lot of these defenses so far and what they've been presenting and, and the looks that Catron Allen is a little bit better fit for, for that. He's a little bit better bet. If you had to pick one guy to get four yards, let's say, let's say, so how about, let's just, just say hypothetically, Ohio state, it's a fourth and five. They present a, a run look in a situation where you probably ought to pass it. Which running back would you go to? The answer is probably Catron Allen, right? Probably. Yeah. I mean, that, that was true last year. It continues to be true. Just the, the, the absence of, of big plays for Nick Singleton makes that disparity uh, look even greater at this point in time. But uh, right now, Catron Allen has 10 more carries this season than Nick Singleton. So he's been slightly the back of choice um, in terms of volume. He's also averaging more yards per carry 4.4, I think the 3.8. So once Singleton starts to get some more favorable looks, or maybe he breaks a big one and and that kind of is a breakthrough type run. I think you're going to see these two settle into a similar position as last year. The only thing missing right now is Singleton breaking big runs. And I do think that opponents are playing Penn State differently because they respect that threat so much. And they're still determined, even through four weeks and what we've seen from Drew Aller, I still think it makes more sense to to make him try to beat you by crowding the 10-yard the area. Make him try, tempt him into making a higher risk throw. Uh, and, and they just haven't gone for it yet. And so I think that fundamentally there's just a, a, a difference in the way that opponents are treating Penn State's offense and making it more difficult for both of these guys. And I, I'm with you, Dusty. If I'm an opposing defense, I want to take away the running game. It's not necessarily a good strategy to uh, let Drew Aller beat you, but frying pan fire kind of choice here. I did want to make one more point, though, about in talking about that fourth and three or four or five yards, you say you'd rather have Catron Allen. And I understand and I get it. But I also think Nick Singleton has evolved since we first saw him the oh, beginning yeah. of last year, where it, it's it may be just by default we're saying Catron Allen for that kind of run. But if you take notice from the end of last year and I think even through this year, I do believe Nick Singleton is also maximizing the run where start of last year, he might lose a yard. Now I think he's getting the plus two, plus three, plus four yards that he may not have gotten at the beginning of last year. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's true. Both of those things I think are true at the same time. Like Catron Allen, that's, that's been his game for a long time is to, is to find every little nook and cranny. Like it's just, it's just part of his style. And I think, Part of his evolution as a back is when you don't present that game-breaking speed. When you know you're not going to you're not going to outrun cornerbacks and, and safeties, you you do tend to to change your running style accordingly. And Nick Singleton absolutely has come a long way in that department. And you, you've seen him make make a lot out out of a little at times. 
but it's still his bread and butter, man, is, is to get him on the outside. I, don't, I feel like we haven't seen that a ton yet. Again, that might just be the looks that Penn State is getting. Uh, we haven't seen him on the edge kind of putting defenses on tilt yet. Maybe that's still something that's going to come and be part of this Penn State game plan and, and put him in better positions. But I do think Singleton's going to get on track. It might just take one uh, to get everybody feeling good about that. And then we, we, we might see that explosive um, big play threat uh, remain. But I think both these guys, are gonna, their, their numbers are going to improve, uh, especially if or when Drew Aller starts carving guys up uh, in the deep part of the field. And Dusty... I said it earlier. I'll repeat it. I don't. I don't worry about that fact that these. I don't think there's anything wrong with the running backs. I think they're maxing out what they do get on in running the ball, and it's going to come. And if that's our biggest criticism, critique of this team after a 31 nothing win, this team is in pretty good shape. All right, Dusty, unfortunately, that is it for the show. It went very fast today. It was Hope an anemic show, it. Jim. <laughs> that is it, though. Join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, Penn State fans, here is your chance to take something off your bucket list. That's right, Go PSU RV is offering a full range of RV setups ready for a weekend of great tailgating at their Lion's Den, which is the closest single-game RV overnight lot to Beaver Stadium. You can arrive anytime Friday afternoon. Stay until Sunday morning, avoiding all that traffic. Don't miss this unique opportunity. Go online to gopsurv.com and reserve your RV today. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love.